reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! Oh! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, My name is Robert Hawkins. Approximately seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. Um, if you found this, if you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all save one, shall follow. They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Hey, Eric, how's it going? It's going all right. Fair enough, fair enough. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? It's going really well, Phil. I, uh, I found my dongle, got my dongle back. That's always Ooh. good. Did your that wife is- have it? Did your wife have it? No, no. My wife wants nothing to do with my dongle. They're so, they're so small, Mike. So I know that. So so that you can lose them easy. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. I just I when we went to record last week, uh, I had lost the dongle to my headset, so I had to switch it up. And I'm looking all around the couch where I record, where I leave my headset. I couldn't find it anywhere. And then uh, later in the week, I'm just walking through the house, and there it is, sitting in the middle of the kitchen floor with teeth marks in it. Oh, can't cat. possibly imagine what happened to it. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I I lost my dongle, and so I bought. I had to buy a brand new. Uh, I'm telling you, it's what happens when you get set, married. And I bought a brand new Bluetooth set, and then of course a year later I find the dongle, and it's like, God and damn it! it. My dongle broke. <laughs> see, I had to buy a new one. See, dude, see, Eric, dude, see dude, here's the no, thing. No, 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 Barrett, you can't have the woman do the reverse cowgirl on you. Oh, that is the problem. I know. I point out that there's three guys here who have had problems with their dongle, and the one who hasn't is the only one who's not married. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so take that for But otherwise, I had the day off from work. I took the day off from work today because I had to help my mother with something, and I got to see a terrible movie, and then I came home and watched a bad movie, one of which we're going to discuss today. Yeah, I heard Moonfall wasn't so great. Is that you know, I, I well, haven't a laughed out loud in a film in a long time when I'm in a the theater with only like four other people. <laughs> And I laughed out loud at a couple of uh, at 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 a couple of moments when I don't think I was supposed to laugh out loud. What was it? What was it? Moonfall. 
I don't even know. Is that like a horror film or something? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's the latest Roland Emmerich. I believe this one yeah. is the moon is falling on us. Terrible disaster. Uh, sci-fi film. disaster. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, let's get into uh, some of the house cleaning here, but and stop talking about dongles. Um, so, for folks who uh, hey, you didn't even party, greet me. somebody. Oh, you're right. I forgot. I, I forgot. Well, he's from Virginia. What do you expect from? Yeah. Him? What do you expect? Hey, well, it's, at least you're not Canada. So, uh, from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Doing good. Excellent. Good to hear it. Uh, so, folks who are uh, new to the podcast or just stumbled upon us or whatever, we are proud of the Doc Discussions News Network, which is www.docdiscussions.com. It's a genre website that has multiple things, such as articles, release notices. Multiple podcasts, including this one, Dark Discussions Podcast, which is the first one. We're about to hit our 11th year anniversary, and we basically talk about genre films. So horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, midnight movies, foreign films, drive-in films. um, I already said that one. Uh, This one I'm missing. But either way, you get the picture. And basically, we try to talk about – well, we try to talk intelligently about a genre. That deserves intelligence. Uh, now, we do have an email, at dark, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or just press the contact us link on darkdiscussions.com, and that will also send us an email. Eric, there's other things on darkdiscussions.com. Uh, there sure are. One of them is links to our Patreon account. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to our online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like uh, computer equipment and web web hosting and movie rentals and all sorts of good stuff like that. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions for every $5 a month that you to carry contribute. We'll have the opportunity to submit a topic for us to possibly do a show on. We pick one selection at random on a quarterly basis to do a show about. So if that's something that interests you, you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or follow the Patreon badge on any page of dark discussions.com. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, all right, sounds good. So, uh, speaking of Patreon, tonight is an episode um, of one of our Patreon picks. I forget who suggested it. I was about to ask. Yeah, it may have been Chris Genro, but I, I, I don't remember. Um, I didn't, and I don't have the spreadsheet up at this time, and it'll take me a minute of quietness to do it, so I'm not going to bother. But uh, either way, it was one of our Patreon folk, and we always appreciate those who donate to the podcast. Because again, as I won't repeat anything Eric said, but it is indeed true. Um, so, uh, if there is time at the end of the episode, we'll uh, discuss various things such as what we've been watching or any news notices that anybody wants to bring up or anything like that. And again, that's only if we have time, but either way, we are here to talk about a film and uh, Eric speaking of Patreon and a film. What is our topic tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the 1996 movie, bad moon. A house on the edge of the woods. Out here is safe and peaceful. A family alone. Mom? Yes, sweetheart? Can you leave the door open a crack? A favorite uncle who needed their help. Things haven't been going so good for me since I got back, sis. Come stay with us. But when they invited him in... I think I better keep my eye on you. They let in something they could never imagine. Or ever escape. 
Halloween to be this scary. Uh, that's right. Bad Moon, a film from 1996, as Eric mentioned, uh, directed by and written by Eric Red. Eric Red is a very talented individual who wrote The Hitcher and Near Dark, two of the best horror films of all time. Unfortunately, he had some major behavioral health issues. His career has been derailed, and he's pretty much kaput. However, I did meet the man at a convention, and he seemed like a nice guy, even though um, the thing that derailed his career is is heinous. Uh, But I'll let folks uh, look Eric Red up on the internet if they want to know what that is. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm doing it right now, and if I get fired over this, Phil, it's your fault. All right, I'll bring it up since since everybody's curious. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, bring it up. He had a mental break and intentionally or unintentionally crashed his car into a crowded bar, killing two people. Oh, no. After, oh, after wow. After the incident, Red apparently exited his vehicle and attempted suicide by slitting his own throat with a piece of broken glass. Jesus. He wow. He the incident, okay. was taken to the oh. hospital under an alias and was released weeks later. No criminal charges were brought against him, but a jury in a civil suit awarded monetary damages to the families of the victims. The suit, which awarded over a million dollars to the families of the men killed in the incident, was appealed to the state and federal courts, which confirmed the original jury finding. So let's just say that he became bankrupt. Holy crap. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was, <laughs> Uh, something, 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 something happened. Let's That's see. a no fucking around capital I incident. Yeah. Indeed. And it's a shame for those who've passed, but also for a wonderful talent that had a lot of things probably to come if it did not happen. Uh, so it is what it is. Um, so we'll uh, talk about uh, this movie here, Bad Moon. Bad Moon uh, also has some other interesting people. It stars Muriel Hemingway, which is the mother of Dree Hemingway, who starred in the film Starlet, which you can s- listen to us, being myself, Eric, and Mike, discuss on the cinema a la carte. And Michael Parr, oh, directed by Sean Baker, who, by the way, follows Dark Discussions. Academy Award nominated director. Also, uh, Michael Parry stars in this film as well, among other folk. Uh, the film is considered a Canadian-American film. Makes sense because some of the actors in the film are Canadian. And it is uh, a werewolf film. Werewolf film. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, and that's pretty much all I, I got about the film. Uh, so I guess we can go around and discuss how we heard about this film. And what we thought about this film. So let's start with you, Barrett. I think I probably saw this because it seemed very familiar to me, probably back in the day. Um, and what I think about it, uh, it's okay. It's not a bad film. I'm not really a fan of Mario Hemingway, so she kind of puts me off. So that didn't help my enjoyment of the movie. Um, but I, I like the dog a lot. So <laughs> I thought the movie was okay. Not bad. All right. Sounds good Uh, for me. um, Yeah, I I think I may be like you, Barrett, in the sense that I saw it way back when I was a kid sneaking it without my parents seeing it because of the big sex scene at the beginning that I probably um, replayed over and over for like 20 (laughs) times when I was a kid. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Yeah, well, you know how it is. Um, Well, it came uh, out in 96, didn't it? So you were 
Yeah, so maybe I was a bit older. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know. I, either way, yeah, either you, way, you were old I, enough, Phil. That yeah, you could have just yeah. gone for porno. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I remember that, that sex scene, put it that way. So the <laughs> film was very familiar because of that. And um, uh, so I think I had seen it before, but I don't truly remember most of it. Um, but I will say that I understand um, Barrett's opinion on the Miro Hemingway um, casting. Um, it was a bit odd. Uh, I used to like... Meryl Heavenly back in the day, uh, her other films that I've seen her in, and I do uh, enjoy her daughter, Dree Hemingway. Uh, but all in all, um, this film was actually pretty good, I thought. It was, it was real short. It's only about an hour and 19 minutes. It was interesting. Um, kept my attention completely. Um, there's some little issues I had where one of the characters became kind of, sort of, bad and it just felt a little odd um, based off of how it was prior. But, oh, no, uh, I enjoyed this film. Uh, I, I think um, I may, unless Eric, because I know Eric's a big werewolf film, I may like like this film more than everybody else here, but uh, we'll find out. So, uh, Mike, what do you got? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I didn't think this was a particularly good film. It is not particularly awful. Uh, I actually think it's a fairly forgettable film, and I guess in a lot of ways, which makes sense because, I mean, I certainly was paying attention to genre films in 1996, and yeah, I didn't remember this coming out. Um, I know it bombed at the box office; it got terrible reviews. Um, I don't know; I didn't read the reviews, so I can't tell you whether they were fair or not. I just, it just wasn't great. Um, the the werewolf, it depends on. Um, depending on the shot, sometimes it looks really good. Sometimes not so much. I think they missed a really great opportunity for something fun, but I understood which they didn't follow up on, but this is a movie based on a book. I'm guessing the book didn't go there and I'll talk about that later in the, in the film. Uh, yeah, Mariel Hemingway, I'm kind of hot or cold on, you know, it just depends on what she's in. Um, I really don't know Michael. Perry as an actor, I actually had a conversation with him at Scares That Care Weekend uh, six, uh, 7 last year. Um, but I guess I looked over his filmography today. There's a there's a lot of films that are not terrific on his resume. <laughs> um, and I think it's uh, there. I think there were three things total and his career goes way back to the early 80s that I've actually seen. Uh, Bone Tomahawk was one. I'm forgetting what the second one was. And then he was in an episode of Greatest American Hero. And since I'm pretty much sure I watched all of those episodes when I was a kid, I'm sure I must have seen him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I thought it was like I said, it's an OK film. And that's about the best I can I could say for it. Uh, Mike, what's the actor's name that played the great American hero? William Cat. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that, that guy. Yeah, yeah. If I let my hair grow out. That's my hair. <laughs> I got the afro just like that guy. But darker. It just got a mental image but of darker. hilarious. But dark. Yeah, but darker. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually posted it in 2020 because during the the COVID when everybody thought um, if you t- you got COVID, you'd be dead immediately. Um, I didn't get a haircut for like 12 months and it pissed my wife off too, but she understood why. And my hair looked just like that. Just <laughs> like it. Except it was, as Mike said, Darker, because I'm seventy percent Iberian. Anyway, uh, let's get into Erica. What do you think? 
Um, I also thought this movie was okay. Um, I went in blind. Uh, I did not know this was based on a book. The name of the book is Thor, and it's about the dog, which makes Mm -hmm. sense because the dog is by far the best part of the movie. Oh, Uh, yeah. And, yeah, apparently the book uh, has a bigger family, and it's told mostly point of view from the dog, um, which makes sense because they tried to get a little bit of that into this movie, but it didn't really work well. The thing about doing it in a book, like it's one of my favorite parts of the novel Cujo is the point of view from the dog. You, you like are reading the dog's thoughts. And even though they don't think the same way humans do, uh, you see it on the page. So you can tell where is like this movie. They try and give you the point of view from the dog. But a lot of times you just get a shot of the dog staring at something. Um, and you don't have the benefit of seeing the words on the page. So I don't know if that worked a hundred percent of the time. That being said, um, I agree with Mike that some of the time the animatronic werewolf looked, uh, pretty good. Um, there's a very unfortunate transformation scene using 96 CGI, which I completely forgot about that. And I only watched it an hour ago. (laughs) It's it's the worst, uh, werewolf transformation scene I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and apparently, one of the pieces of trivia they have on IMDb is that they came out with this movie on Blu-ray and there is a director's cut of it. And the director's cut of the movie is removing that transformation scene. <laughs> That's hilarious. Cause apparently he thought it was awful and he's been harassed by people over it ever since the movie was released. So if you buy the Blu-ray, the director's cut, you don't have to put up with that transformation scene. Um, but all that, I, I thought the dog was awesome. Um, I plan on reading the book because I'm curious as to what that is, the, the actual point of view from the dog. Um, I didn't care for Uncle Ted that much in this movie. Um, I didn't think he was great. Um, but honestly, all the all the human characters are, are secondary. This movie's about Thor. Uh, and Thor, the German Shepherd, is awesome. And you kind of know early on because they do a thing in this movie that they don't ever actually do in most movies, which is that they show you the dog's point of view. Right. And there's lots of movies with dogs, but none of them show you the dog's point of view. Right. So, so that would, that would have been just a like a really weird and random choice if it wasn't largely about Thor. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Um, all right. Uh, I do have the Blu-ray. Uh, I did not watch it on the Blu-ray though. I watched it on Tubi, uh, because I didn't, Fuck Tubi. I didn't go into the basement to watch it where my Blu-ray is. Get back so, in the basement, Phil. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Uh, uh, but either way, um, um, yeah, I'll have to check out the Blu-ray now to see director's cut and, and what's the differences and things of that nature and so on and so forth. Um, so it appears that uh, most people here were just so-so on the film, uh, except me. I actually kind of liked it a lot. Um, well, I had sex and dogs. That's pretty much the two things you like the most. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid what would happen if someone made your perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 th- th- those things, those things uh, do make a film better. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Yes, I think was true. Mike was implying that you like to watch dogs have sex with women. 
No, oh, no, I didn't. No. I didn't say oh. that. I'm sure. No, 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 no. He was just probably. Saying, it, but you implied it. <laughs> you, 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 I, no, that's what I got. <laughs> no, what I was hoping was is he was implying that the sex scene would have Taylor Swift playing over it, and the dog would be watching. That's all. I was, <laughs> but I have no idea. Um, and the sex scene included Emily Blunt. How's that, Mike? Does that work? Hey, this is your <laughs> fantasy, man. Do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to. Just trying to. You're right. Uh, All right. Whatever. Okay. Let's move along. Let's move along. Let's just move along. All right. So let's let's move on. So anyway. um, um, (laughs) Hey, I have a wiki. Wiki. Oh, and and, and everybody was eating lamb kebabs at the same time. (laughs) All right. So let's hear the wiki, Eric. (laughs) I can't do it now. (laughs) Office has to be playing in the background on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, that's awesome. anyway, You're sorry. killing me. You're killing me. All right. Let's try this again. Wiki wiki. After being bitten by a werewolf in the jungle, Ted looks for a cure. His lawyer sister with a son and dog invites him to park his camper by her house in the woods and live out of her fridge. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly how I would describe this movie. But okay. Is that it? That's all they said? That's, all, that's what they said. Yep. Slappy. That is a weird wiki. Or I am yeah, weird. it is. Live out of her fridge? I didn't even think of that. That's okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I think the trailer would have its own fridge, but uh, whatever. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. Okay. Maybe she yeah, says that, that in the movie. For some, something about that feels familiar. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. go with it. Right. That's a terrible so, one. <laughs> well, it's funny. So it got, it got a giggle out of us. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> live out of the fridge. They had the anyway. fifth tier writer for that. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to write it up. You write it up. <laughs> All right. So, uh, for folks who are newer to the podcast, once again, I'll, I'll uh, give a little blurb, which is basically uh, here at Dark Discussions Podcast. We don't just review films; we also review, critique. And dissect them, meaning we get into further details such as, uh, I guess, symbolism, what the director or writer were trying to imply, talk specific scenes. In other words, we spoil everything. And we do that after we throw out the spoiler alert. Again, this is an older film. We're talking a film from 1996, though maybe not seen by many because it is an obscure film. But... Either way, we will uh, talk about general things, maybe compare it to other werewolf films, things of that nature and whatnot. And then at a certain point, we will throw up the spoiler and talk about anything and everything related to the film. And we will warn everybody with that spoiler. So do not fear. All right. So uh, let's get into just general stuff. Uh, So let's talk about this film compared to... General werewolf films. Eric, you're the big werewolf movie fan. Um, where do you feel this falls? Is, I mean, you didn't say um, right, it's, but it's not top five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've seen worse. 
Um, it's, it's a really weird thing to try and evaluate because, uh, for instance, like uh, we were talking about the animatronic werewolf uh, in this movie. And it actually looked pretty good. Uh, and for instance, if you watch the Canadian werewolf movie Ginger Snaps, um, that is a far better movie. But it definitely has a crappier looking werewolf. <laughs> so werewolf quality doesn't exactly equate to a better werewolf movie is what I'm trying to say here. Um, yep. Because I thought the animatronic wolf, uh, werewolf in this movie was actually pretty decent looking, um, and there were there were there were some moments in this movie uh, which were which were pretty good too. Uh, there was one moment that actually choked me up a little bit. I'll talk about it after spoilers. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, in general, there uh, there was no chemistry between any of these actors, and I was talking about all the shots of the dog just like staring. I mean, it's a dog. It, it can't talk. It can't give you exposition. So there's no, there's not much you can do with that. But I just thought it was weird. Some of the extended scenes they had uh, with the dog staring at Ted and Ted hiding inside his trailer. It's just like, uh, oh, okay, this isn't really that interesting. <laughs> I was getting uh, this feeling that the dog was thinking I could do better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and one of the reasons I want to read the book uh, is because apparently in the book, they, uh, from the point of view of Thor, Thor considers the family, which is larger in the book. It's a five person family in the book uh, to be his pack. And he wants to protect him. And Thor is very confused as to whether Uncle Ted should be considered as a member of the pack that needs to be protected or a threat to the pack. So that whole concept seems very interesting to me, but I think it's nearly impossible to get across on film. Um, so I think they did what they could here. Uh, and overall, it was a decent attempt. Um, but honestly, I, I thought it was the, the, the human actors just really didn't mesh very well. Uh, and therefore, he ended up with kind of a flat presentation. Well, that's an interesting thing, because um, I, I didn't know this was based off a book, nor did I know that the book was based off a dog's perspective, um, assuming that's the case. So it didn't occur to me. Um, but now after, you know, we've all discussed that that was the case, it does make an interesting perspective of how the dog was more focused than the people. So mm-hmm. even even though the dog was there, I never really thought of the dog as a lead because dogs aren't usually the lead unless it right. is specifically related unless to it's like uh, Benji. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I always kept on looking at Ted and um his sister played by Muriel Hemingway as as the leads. Um Jan- uh, Janet, her name her character's name is. So it didn't Damn. Janet. Yeah, there you go. Um, one of one of the trivia questions tonight was uh, the three leads on Three's Company: uh, Chrissy, Jack, and Janet. I got it right. Um, anyway, um, so I, I I didn't I didn't really think of that, but yeah, it is kind of weird when you think about the dog. I don't know why Eric Red didn't rewrite this to f- make the dog secondary and focus on the. The human characters, so the human characters 
would have more chemistry or feel more. Well, I don't know that that's uh, the writer's issue. I think yeah. that's the actors, the actor or how it was directed or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, the writer it, is the director. So just a heads up there. But anyway, yeah, OK, continue. well, yeah, that that's well, it's also we've we've criticized plenty of directors who have written their own stuff who maybe shouldn't have. Not every writer is going to be a good director either. Indeed, indeed. Not like Stephen King when he did Max Overdrive. <laughs> Stephen King is many things. A good director is not one of them. Well, I no. do wonder how or, he'd be able to direct or actor, sober. Or actor, either. Or actor. Yeah, well, sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I continue, Mike. No, that, was, that was it. That was all I was saying. Is right. that it's that that it may not just be the, the the way it was written. It just it just may be. It could be the actors. It could be the direction. You know, the editing. There's all sorts of things that that don't necessarily work. And I mean, it, and the pro- part of the problem is that you know it's not supposed to be like a romantic relationship, right? So you're not supposed to get movie right, chemistry. Right. And there's always that issue in movie chemistry, which is if there's a male and female lead, they are supposed to fall in love. That's the law, you know, and that doesn't happen here, thankfully, because they're brother and sister, right? Or, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's like the kid, the kid is a weird part of it, but he's not that big a part of it, but he's part of it. It's like, it's his thing with the dog that really they use to anchor it. But is he really that important with the dog? I don't know. I, so I don't really, the kid feels it's not like E.T., right, where Elliot's the lead character and you can feel his relationship with E.T. And the kid's not the lead character. So, you don't. I don't really feel the relationship with his dog the same way I felt with Elliot and E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's hard to get much emotion here. And I think um, with the uncle who's the werewolf spoiler warning, <laughs> I'm completely confused as to what his motivation is. Because he's he's right. trying not to kill anybody, but he's also a giant asshole. <laughs> right. And he's yeah. And so he's on the one who's he's he's chaining himself up at night to be a good werewolf, but then kind of and sometimes talks about hints at problems being a werewolf, but also seems kind of proud of the fact that he's a werewolf. Well, that's the thing, Mike. I, I mentioned at a certain point in the film, I think it's around the fifty to one hour mark, he becomes evil. And it just didn't fit. Because prior to that, either. it didn't. Yeah, he was just mad at his sister all of a sudden. Yeah, because prior to the point where he becomes evil, he was a sympathetic and tragic figure. And then out of the blue, the the film just decides to say, well, let's turn him into evil. And when I read the wikis, it was trying to say that the the bloodlust of the werewolf was beginning to affect him and turn him that way where he wanted the blood, you know, similar to like a vampire or a zombie, you know, someone that's turned to a zombie or whatever. But it happened way too quick. And it happened with a snap of the finger or a blink of an eye. And it wasn't explained that way. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And there... Is your problem. There isn't a there isn't a gradual transition for the actor. Part of that's the writing because there isn't anything to take us there. I don't know if the actor had anything to play. 
Um, yeah, it wasn't again, the actor's fault. No, no way. It wasn't the actor's Well, I can't say it's not the actor's fault. Again, I don't really know his well, performances in general. Well, but well, as I'll, I've said... I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I don't think it's the actor's fault, Mike. Because he really, in my opinion, at the beginning, the first hour of the film, I really felt sorry for the guy. You could, I, He played it really like a man that, similar to Lon Chaney did in, in The Wolfman, where... He wasn't evil. He wasn't bad. He was afflicted with something that he didn't want, and it hurt him. And then he was suddenly bad, and he was good bad, too, because we all hated him. But as an actor, he played both roles really good. So I don't think it was an act, the actor at all. Something I've been saying since the beginning of the podcast um, is that an actor's performance is always a combination of three things, which is the act, well, four things, the writing, the actor, the director, and the editing, right? So again, you can blame it on, on any of those, but for whatever it is, there was no transition in what the actor was doing. Um, and so really, and even at the end, it kind of left me a little confused, you know, as to where he was on this whole werewolf thing. Um. Yeah, so it's I guess a lot like we talked about the makeup. You know, it's just sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What What do you think, Eric? Do you think it was the actor's fault, or do you think it was the writing? I mean, or, honestly, or, Ted was my least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> He was my favorite part, aside from the dog. <laughs> well, the dog is the the number one. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I'm, I'm kind of with Mike on this one. I didn't. I didn't think the performance was all that strong, and I and I didn't think the part was written very well. And I don't think anybody gave a great performance. And and, and I'm going to go. I, this may be an unpopular opinion. I don't even know that the dog gave a great performance. I mean, the dog was there. The dog, the dog doesn't dog. have to do much to be. A, I mean, he's a, all he has to do is be a dog, and he was really good at being a dog. <laughs> so he but, nailed it. so he nailed that but like a lot of times and this is an issue I have now sometimes when I watch movies and I can tell like the dog is just like sitting there staring if you know dogs and dog body language and then and then they add in the dub of a growl to make it seem like <laughs> or you know the dog is most of the time, the yeah. way the dog was staring, the dog was staring in, in the, okay, I'm sitting, I'm being a good dog, when do I get my like, treat? That's the look exactly. on the dog's face. Exactly. And and that's it. And it's not like, you know, you get the, the, the husky in the thing, you know, gives like a great performance as like the <laughs> creepy dog. Um, yeah. you, you read it, you get some emotion out of his face. I don't know how you do that. I don't know, again, is that directing, lighting, whatever. Or like you said, twenty twenty. We we got like, spoilers to talk about that. Right, right. Like, like, like uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Jones in Alien. Uh, they they purposely show a dog, and that's why he freaks out when the alien shows up because they they bring a dog into the someone carries a dog into the room, and so when Jones is looking and we think he's looking at the alien, he's really looking at a dog, and he gives that evil angry look. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, so so it's it could be like you said, Mike, you know, they, they replay um, cuts like 50 times and then they take the best cut. Right. And right. and the 49 suck, you know, and in this case, most of them was the dog, you know, probably wagging his tail waiting for the treat. And, and right. they said, well, we're just going to use it. Nothing else we can do. 
and and I'll also say there's like times where the dog is injured. It's supposed <laughs> to be bad, badly yeah, injured. So a lot of abuse. But again, right, when you right. look at it, it's a dog with caro syrup on him. Yeah. Yeah. There's no <laughs> actual wounds on it. It's just. <laughs> A dog with blood on it, which could be anything. It, it's like well, there, there it, are laws it, against that, Mike. Well, I understand that, but I'll, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Alien Three, right? The the dog gets a face hugger on it, and when you see Mike, the dog, Mike's like, "Cut the fucking dog!" <laughs> you see, you see the 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 like scarring on the dog where his face was torn. They well, do, spe- they do some makeup on the dog. Well, you know, they did they. We're here. It's just we'll just put blood on it, and we'll we'll just not light it very well, and hope nobody notices. It's just blood on his well, fur, and the dog gets, well, doesn't I mean, have an injury. We already mentioned the thing, right? And 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 we you know we see the dog get a bullet, and we see the dogs getting sprayed and twisted and all that, and that was all awesome effects. So we we know it can be done. Uh, <laughs> here, the dog had carol syrup that was colored red. All mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, um, well, I, I'm kind of with Barrett, with with Ted. I, I I liked. I thought his character was the best, especially the first hour. I he played yeah. it really, really good. Um, when he became evil, it wasn't as good. But that first hour, I I really thought and sympathized with that character. I thought he was good. Was I good. will say, right before the horrible transformation. Um, there's there's a scene where he's still mostly human, but they've got the sharp teeth in on him, and that looked pretty good. That was that was, and they and they had the and I think the contact lenses too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's true. All right, so at, at this point, I'm just gonna throw up. The, let's just spoil up the the spoiler. Because, okay. you know, might, might as well. I mean, because we're kind of throwing up there. I mean, you you learn pretty much. In, I mean, it's a werewolf first, movie. Yeah, and in the first two minutes, you know who's the werewolf. I yeah, mean, they don't they don't try and hide it either. No, it's like no. the first two minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah, he's a werewolf now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is kind of the the plot of the film, right? <laughs> right. right. Well, now now let's talk about the, the now the spoiler alert is up. So, one thing that could have made this film really good, like a classic, was doing Your CGI transformation. That, Doing the the werewolf scene as a flashback later in the film, because there's a scene later in the film, in this film here, this version of the film, where our quote-unquote hero, that isn't named Thor, uh, that would be Janet, played by Meryl Hemingway, discovers pictures of dead bodies in her brother's trailer. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you could, you would, you would think if you didn't know this was a werewolf movie, that it's a serial killer movie. And I think this could have been a really good film had they made it look like it was a serial killer movie of a guy that thought he had a sickness that was going insane, and then we have the flashback when we find out, holy shit, he is a werewolf. Hmm. Yeah, that would have been a good mystery to hold on to. I agree with you. That would have been a good way to do it. Yeah, because that scene when she discovers that her brother, who had already said that his girlfriend had moved, dumped him and moved to Seattle, mm-hmm. and then we find her pictures of her dead, and we already knew why she was dead, meaning mm-hmm. there was no suspense to that scene. 
But if I went into that scene and, or showed like my wife or, or a friend without showing them the beginning scene, mm-hmm. they would go, holy shit, your brother's a fucking serial killer. You know, similar to like that Nighthouse film. You remember? That, that's what made that film really good was because you suddenly think, oh my God, her husband's a fucking serial killer. <laughs> and, but it wasn't. It was something else. And, and here, it could have been just like that. Mm-hmm. Well, not just like it, but I get where you're going for. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that scene when she discovers that and he lies to her, says, oh, she's in Seattle. It's not. There's no tension. Right. There's not mm-hmm. a punch to the gut that it would have been if we hadn't seen that very first scene. Which is when he gets bitten by the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Even though that scene was pretty awesome. <laughs> I was I was awfully surprised at the amount of damage that gun did to the werewolf. Yeah, holy cow! Just blew its whole <laughs> well, head off. Well, I guess silver about, doesn't need it in this. That's universe. what I was about to say. Yeah, that silver is not anything to do with werewolves in this movie. Well, the problem is you don't find that out until the end. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the movie, that's, I, that's not true because we, like Eric and, and Barrett just said. Oh yeah, right. Thrown off in the first two minutes. With yeah, that's true. You know, what, by that by the by the time we got to the end of the film, I completely forgot about that. They do <laughs> they do discuss werewolf rules at one point in the film. Yeah, there's a there's a table scene where they're talking about it. But, right, which, right. if you know your werewolf history, is is kind of funny. Um, there's a book too, Mike. There's a book. Yeah, that big book. The kid finds. Yeah. Yes. But because um, they talk about. Because he says that it's not true that they only transform during the full moon, but it's totally true that you can get bit by a werewolf, you turn into a werewolf, and the the irony being that the whole being bit by a werewolf thing was something invented for the Wolfman, and had not been a part of werewolf lore until movies came along. So I kind of found that funny that that's the late addition to the werewolf mythology, and that's the one they say is true. But the the, the I, one about being bit by a wolf. Yes. When you're bit by a werewolf, I, you and become I think the silver. a werewolf. <laughs> I'm, doing my, I'm doing my wolf man. I, the, 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 come on, I was doing Olga. When you are bit by a werewolf, you become a werewolf. <laughs> well, I, I know that movie by heart. Yeah. Mike even sent me a, a bank, uh-huh. a, a yes. bank with the wolf man. It's awesome. That, anyway, now, sorry. now can now can you sing werewolf bar mitzvah? That wasn't part of that film. So. It was a werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky, I will. scary, yeah. becoming men, men becoming <laughs> wolves. I, I don't even know what that's related to. What is that related to? Werewolf. It's from, it's from uh, the, the TV series 30 Rock. Yeah, One of the, the, the actors has re- records it as a music video. But I have to say this. I'll send, it, I'll send you a link, Phil. Oh, yeah, you'll love Besides it. Besides Lon Chaney, Ralph Bellamy and Claude Rains starred in Wolfman. I know well, everything about talking about that, about that movie tonight. I know, but it's the best movie. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry. <laughs> it pales. This pales in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was. I still enjoyed myself with this one. And, and you know, it was still a good film. I, I enjoyed myself. But anyway, um, yeah, but nothing beats Lon Chain. That film, oh my God, that film. But it we're was, not talking about that movie tonight. Right. Still, if you are bit by a werewolf, we're not talking about that movie yeah. tonight. Still, oh no, <laughs> still, Phil, we are not. He is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, I was getting. Who's got the trank gun? I know. Okay. I thought so that was often, you. Every so often, every so often, I, I, I go off off kilter. 
anyway, so back to this film here. Um, so, yeah, so the lore, Mike, as you mentioned, it is interesting. The one thing that was made up for a film similar to, you know, Sunlight for Vampires was made up by Nosferatu is the one that they say is the real thing in this film, which is kind of interesting. What say and you, it's Mike? not. No, I, I just said I, I said what I said. I thought that was kind of funny. It is not in any way criticism of the film. We know that they have that that like vampires, zombies, werewolves, everything. The lore gets shuffled around for the needs of the story of the film. But I just as well it should be. And yeah, exactly. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I will say that uh, well, every single scene I liked in this movie involved Thor, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and two in particular. Uh, One was when. Uh, he he finally attacked Uncle Ted. Figured out Ted was a threat and attacked him, and he got he gets taken away by animal control. That scene was heart wrenching. Scene made me so mad. It was like killing the dog. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was pretty brutal. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, because you know they're not taking him away to put him up for no. adoption with another family. Right? No, no, right. he's he's going to be destroyed. Yeah, he's all done. Yeah. yeah um. Put a fork in him. So that scene was that scene was rough, uh, and I thought that was like the 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 kids' one shining oh. moment too. Um, and then the the other favorite scene of mine is when the kid busts him out of the pound and Thor's hauling ass across town, uh, weaving through traffic to get back to the house to to protect Marilyn Hemingway. That was pretty awesome I'm, too. I'm, I've never seen an outdoor pound. That was kind of odd. Yeah, it's a movie, though. Yeah, that's true. Mike, um, I I have to... He just dropped. There he is. That's true. true. I I have to um, go off the reels just for a second here, Mike. Mike, what what was the one thing in the werewolf thing that that was made up for the Wolfman movie again? Mike? I don't know if he can hear us, but he said it earlier. Silver bullet. No, he said it was the being bit by a werewolf, was it? Or yeah, I think it was it. The being what? bit by that's what I thought he said. Uh he says, I have lost sound somehow. He just texted us all. It's the day we've all been dreaming for. But <laughs> but ruined my joke because I was waiting for him to say Oh, it's the the one about um, being bit by a werewolf. That's how. And I was going to scream out, nerd alert! <laughs> but he ruined it all because he lost So basically, it. you were setting him up, yes. and you got thwarted by technological problems. Thwarted. Yeah. Yes, Microsoft with their and the Stonians. <laughs> no, apparently I rested on, I don't know, I accidentally turned the volume down. I don't know how that happened. Uh, well, it, you know what? It was probably good because my joke field and I look like a jackass. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's okay. It. You were there already, Phil, on the whole werewolf wolfman thing. So, <laughs> you know, actually, actually, I think I was already there when I was talking about Emily Blunt with Taylor Swift playing in the background and talking <laughs> wow, people eating lamb kebabs. But that's besides with her with her with her getting down with Scooby Doo, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, whatever. It, this it, movie it, actually it, feels like it was made in the '80s to me. I did. Not me, I, you know why? I, I texted Phil about this. This movie is time stamped because in one scene, Marilyn Hemingway is making coffee with a French press 
And that That's is right. 1996 on the nose. Oh, wow. That's right. That's right. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It was like, I, I, I looked it up after you said that. I go, holy shit, he's right. Because I was looking at Meryl Hemingway, and I was saying, she doesn't look like she's in her 20s. So how could this be an 80s film? And sure yeah. enough, it was 36 at that time. So, But so, aside from that, it has the feel of an 80s flick. Like the well, acting and the, yeah, the setting and all that. Just yeah, the way yeah. it feels. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. As long as, if it doesn't have a cell phone, it must be the eighties, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but we were wrong because it had the French press. Eric noticed. He knew it. And he did text me. Eric texted me that. I did. Because I, I was said, hanging out in a coffee shop in nineteen ninety six where they serve coffee and French presses. and I and I I texted Eric back saying my wife uh well, I didn't tell you that where she got it. She got it from our neighbor because she the neighbor had two of them and she said, Hey, you can have it, it's really good. And um my wife used it for two weeks and then put it away and we haven't touched it since. It is currently stored in a cabinet unused. There you go. Yeah, my wife was using it and she goes, it tastes better this way. I go, I don't know. I, I bet you within two weeks you won't be using it again. No, this is right. And of course, I was right. It was in the, <laughs> it was in the closet, collecting dust, along with all those other utensils that everybody buys and never uses except for one. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so it's handy if you go camping or something though. Yes. Yes. Well, you know what the problem was with Mario Hemingway in this film that really bothered me the entire time. And I don't mean it to be judgmental or gender related because it could have been, she could have been a male and it would have been the same thing is that she's blonde as can be but her eyebrows are as dark yeah. as my hair. And I was like, yeah. it's just so, it, it was just weird. No one is that way. That That is true. Well, no, there, there are, there are people who are that way, people with bad dye jobs. And yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's fair to say that if we have people with bad, bad dye jobs in the real world, there's no reason they can't have them in movie world either. But right. she is apparently an attorney in this film. Uh, which they make a point of early on, and uh, just so they can get up the body count, I think, a little bit and not feel guilty about it. <laughs> um, and so I'm thinking she should have been able to afford a better, you know, somebody could do the eyebrows too, you know. Just, yeah. yeah. That scene in the right, beginning right. was pretty awesome. I was I was cheering Sora. <laughs> get that fucker! Get him! Get him! <laughs> I didn't like yeah, I, her interplay with him, though. I thought that was just really cheesy black. Yeah. That was cheesy. That was that was that was an eighties lappy B movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Floppy. No, floppy. Floppy. That's a yeah, floppy. Yeah. So basically, what it is is this this guy that that's trying to sell, I don't know, dictionaries. I don't know, you, you name whatever. And he was really there to egg on a dog, so the dog will either bit him, bite him, or pretend to bite him, or and then he could sue. So, um. Mary Hemingway, who's a lawyer, uh, or is supposed to be, uh, immediately figures out that this guy is what she calls a flopper. A flopper is generally used, at least based off of this terminology in this film, is someone who walks in front of cars and pretends to get hit and then sues. And she uses the term also as more generic, saying it also can represent people who pretend they get bit by dogs to sue. And so she basically scares this guy by saying, oh, we'll just call the sheriff and have the sheriff take you to the hospital and we'll see if everything's okay with you and all this. And so the guy backs down and, yeah, he's a 
quote unquote flopper. And as Mike said, the whole scene was probably set up so we could get a body count and also a body count of a person that we were hoping and cheering would get killed anyway, because he was an asshole. All right. And really, other than the fact that it's what triggers the, um, the removal of the dog at the end of the film. Oh, you're right. So yeah. it, it's yeah. it's Ten so disconnected. He framed right. him. It, it's so disconnected from everything else that goes on. I I almost would have thought it was like a, a something added on later because some studio executives said, "Hey, the movie is only like an hour and ten minutes, and we need a higher, but we need to have at least one more death scene in here." So they like filmed something right. extra to squeeze in. But nope, it wasn't that. Nope. It wasn't that. It was, uh, but but the thing it, was, it, it, it was vital to the plot, even if it didn't feel like it. True. And and but the problem was is that, I mean, again, we're talking small town, so they're not going to do um, teeth analysis and wound analysis and all this crap, even though you would think they would, just for the fact that it's a human life that was killed. Um, they just say the the sheriff basically says or implies that it could be your dog that did this. And of course, if they did a true analysis on the body, they would most certainly find out that no, this wasn't done by a German shepherd. This was done by something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, whether that was going to happen, it doesn't matter because when the final front confrontation happens, it's literally like 24 hours later anyway. So it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Two things about that, though. Uh, first of all, weirdo dictionary salesman shows up with a rusty cleaver to kill a dog. What? That was very bizarre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because she called him out on his bullshit. He, it can't be the only person who ever rejected him or called him but, out on his bullshit. Well, yeah, but a rusty but cleaver. Yeah, you think it would be a pistol or something or a shotgun? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not going to take on a German Shepherd with a knife. That's the no. plan. He probably probably spent all his money buying that steak. Does that look like a good piece of meat? <laughs> I do not waste a steak on a on a on a on a dog I'm about to murder. But, you know, but Eric, just get him a milk bone. But Eric does have a fair point. It's like seriously, when you think about someone wanting to kill a dog, the, what the, you. If all right, if they're not going to use a gun because obviously that makes noise, they're not going to come with a cleaver. What they're going to come with is, is something horrible, like a hunting knife would make no, more no, sense. No, not even that. They they would come with like poisoned meat or meat oh, with that glass, too, yes. a yeah. glass, meat right. glass. It, it, it honestly looked like something out of like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Like you could see Elmer Fudd. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because it's I, something I mean, like Looney Tunes. I've read a number of news stories on, on, in, you know, regular newspapers and whatever about murderers or bad people breaking in and they kill the dog by meeting the, with glass mm-hmm. in, or meat mm-hmm. with poison in it or something. And, and for this guy to come with a cleaver, it was just so stupid. It was dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting dogs. <laughs> but we got to say, he wasn't the smartest bulb out there anyway. So. No, 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 he no. wasn't. No, no, no I got bit by a dog through my and jacket and my shirt with no blood whatsoever. I'm going to sue you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, it, but it also bit felt me, weird. Bit me. Let me see. No. 
she she didn't even seem like a, a lawyer. She says she's a lawyer, but I get no feeling that she is, and she never goes to a job. Well, why just put this way? And again, I'm, this has nothing to do with gender or what people look like, because some people may feel that is how it is. But it's like Denise Richards being a, sci- a scientist in a James Bond film. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Meryl <laughs> yeah. Hemingway is a fine actress generally, but. She didn't fit the role there's, as a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. It was a problem. There, there's how things are, and there's how things really are, and then there's how things people picture things to be. And movies tend to have to lean into how they picture things to be. Um, you know, if you're going to cast somebody who's a New York cop, there's lots of New York cops of all sorts right. of ethnicities and races and body types and, and what have you. And yet there's going to be, a, there's, there's a specific image people have when you hear a New York cop, <laughs> they're going to want to have a cert, certain accent coming out of that mouth when they talk, because that's just the, the image people have. We lean into stereotypes in films and she does not lean into the lawyer stereotype. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's also right. like not mentioned in any other point in the film either. Right. Like I mean, like, a perfect example is, is Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen, you know, has played all sorts of roles. Um, and she played a cop in RoboCop, and she was good. Right. You could believe that yeah. she was a cop. Yeah. But certain actresses just can't fit that role, and sometimes, right? And that's what Mike's implying. Never right. mind. In other words, like you, you would not have cast Woody Allen to play the president of the United States unless it was as a joke, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like, or like, like, uh, like, or, 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 or the quarterback for for a football team. You know, he he would Woody Allen would not be playing the quarterback for a football team unless it's a joke, right? And there's nobody, but at the same time, there's nobody who had an issue with, uh, let's say, Morgan Freeman playing the president of the United States back in Deep Impact, because we all know sure. he was the real first black president that we actually had. <laughs> um, but he had the bearing that you could see. Okay, I could see him being the first black president. Because he's technically you are right, Mike, because Barack Obama was biracial. It depends on your count. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, no, he was halfway. Yeah, no, no, I I understand that. This is a a movie podcast. Yes, right. right. No, but but Mike was trying to be funny about about saying the first black president, and and he was was also, as far as I know, the first black Freeman was. You're absolutely right. Anyway, but um, yeah, so it's so again, it's casting a certain type, and and she just didn't come across as a lawyer but i think it's also but also doesn't really relevant to anything else and that that happens in the film right so all that's needed is for her to piss off this guy so he comes back later with a carved with a with a cleaver Cleaver. and a piece of meat in broad daylight looking (laughs) to murder a dog who did really nothing to him right except knock him over yeah (laughs) And again, if you're a con man, or what did she call him? A floppy. A flopper. A flopper, which sounds like this was written in the 1920s. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right? It's so out of place. <laughs> um, so it was just a weird thing. Oh, he's a flim-flam man. You know, it's like a, he's a, he's yeah, con a, artist a, probably would Con artist, a grifter, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like, so... Uh, there, I'm surprised so he didn't them. hop up and say, "You'll never catch me, coppers," and run away. <laughs> yeah. but, 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 like, like your, your point, Mike, is that besides that one moment where she says she's a lawyer, 
It doesn't. It was not relevant to the film. It doesn't even mention again. Basically, the rest of the film. You're absolutely right. Like, in weird. fact, we get we get no hint of anybody's life in this film outside of this film. So, right. Yeah. Ted is supposed to be a photojournalist, and that is only for the first ten seconds of the film. And <laughs> and, and Janet uh, is supposed to be yeah, a lawyer, but... and that's only for the for ten seconds and and at the two minute mark. In the sun, Thor is a dog. <laughs> Wait, but um, Thor is a dog through the entire film. That's true. <laughs> that's he true. Never changes. The the sun is a is there. He doesn't like go to school. Nope. He doesn't play. It's, it's, it's the summer. He, he doesn't does. have dog friends. He plays with the dog, but I was like, it, it's like his life is just sits in the house and plays with the dog. That's his life. You know, her life is well being Mike, on hand for the son and the dog and her and and well, and her wolf Mike. Fight. To be fair to the film, they do have the scene when they visit Ted at the lake. She specifically says that she purposely lives out in the middle of nowhere to get away from the terrible city, and she, and it's much better for her son and whatnot. And obviously, if you live in the middle of nowhere, there's not going to be anybody to play with. So and and where she can never go to work. That's true. That's true. That he never goes to school. Didn't exist yet. School. Well, it did, but not like it is now. So, yeah, there was no well, Skype. Right? Even if it is a. Uh, uh, Pocon, what's the what's the word for a, a small town that means that's not podunk. important? Podunk. podunk. Even if it's a podunk town, like for example, a history of violence. Um, the lead actress Maria Barlow in that film is a lawyer, and she's able to have business in that podunk town. Here, we don't even see the town, so you're right, Mike. It's like, can she have any business? I I, I don't know. Well, and this is all nitpicking because it doesn't really. It well, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, sure. here's the thing: if it this is was all, a great, if this was a if this was a well done film, I think it's like like looking and picking and saying like why isn't why aren't these characters working for us? And they don't feel like people. They're not fleshed out. Right. They're it not, feels like there's a bubble around them. Mm-hmm. There's no real world around them. It's just this one little bubble. You're right. That's an excellent point, Barrett. Because. And if they added another, living out of the fridge. Yeah, that's right. If they if they added another twenty minutes to the film and brought it up to you know an hour and thirty five minutes instead of an hour and nineteen minutes or whatever, then those characters could have been fleshed out more, and we would have saw Ted, um, you know, trying to get more photojournalist work or or her at her office in downtown, you know, or whatever. But but they don't. It's it's a very Oddly short film, an hour yeah. and a half. Am I? Minutes. I'm just you're, that that photojournalist thing. Now he's got this these these photos, and she's looking at the photos in his refrigerator. And there's a there's there's the shot of the of the like from his little sojourn in the jungle at the beginning of the film, and then the girl mutilated, and you just she's going through these pictures with looks of horror in her face. We don't actually see what's in the rest of the photos, do we? No, um, I, I think you only get to see three photos, and, and then he interrupts her. Right, but she's but no, she sees more than three. We just we don't. Oh, we just, so, we so, just don't. See right, right. So is this guy like? See again, this gets back to is this guy like killing people and then going back the next day and taking pictures of what he's done? So again, I, this is where maybe. I'm conflicted as to where he is 
as a character? Is he leaning well, into the werewolf thing or not? Well, I, 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 that's a fair point, Mike. Um, based off of his journal, because she finds his journal as well, the journal states, based off of what he wrote, he has an illness. He's trying desperately to get it cured. And, and as we see ourselves in the film, he can't have it cured. So what he does, and she finds these as well, he fi- she finds these um, handcuffs. And so she thinks it's like part of a sex game or something with his ex-girlfriend. But really what it is, is he goes out into the middle of the woods nightly or, or whenever to tie himself up with these really strong handcuffs against any, you know, random trees in the middle of nowhere. So when he turns into a werewolf, he'll be a werewolf tied to the tree. And then by the morning, he transforms back to a person, unties himself and he hasn't killed anybody. But Mike does have a fair point, which is, he has killed people. He knows he's killed people. Even and, and even even and it's weird too because not only has he killed people, but his girlfriend who's died, he actually takes pictures of his dead girlfriend, which he didn't do. It was the werewolf that turned him into a werewolf. So it's very bizarre that he would even take pictures of his his dead girlfriend even if he had nothing to do with killing her. That was bizarre. Yeah, I agree. So maybe he does have a screw loose, Mike. And, I will and say was... the one Ted moment I liked uh, was <laughs> earlier in the film, Thor had marked his trailer, and, and after, he, after he frames Thor for murder, and he gets taken away, he goes over and pisses on the doghouse. <laughs> I liked that a lot. I yeah, that was funny. funny. It that was, was that, that was my favorite part of the film. Weirdly, it not. was fun, it, just, it was funny, but that was the moment that he, he became evil, and it didn't fit the character that we saw before that scene. So I, I, I felt it was oddly strange, even if it was funny. No, I understand, but I still thought it was funny. Yeah, it was most certainly funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it fits with the character of the second half of the film. Well, he looks so fucking proud of himself too. <laughs> it's like you're just taking a leak. It's not. It's not like an extraordinary ability. Right, right. Well, I read Wiki. Not that Wiki is necessarily a good site, but for a movie, it, it's not. It, know, it, it's a. It's a good site. It's rely. It's way more reliable than people give it credit for. Uh it, it depends on. It depends on the subject. If it's just movies or books, I agree with you, Mike. But if it's about people, I'm not. I, I and, and and specific things in history, I'm, I'm not as convinced. Um, I, I've seen enough videos from various podcasters that showed how to. It's way off, but I won't name those podcasters for for obvious reasons because of politics. But, um. They do. I'll show, I'll send you that video, by the way. Um, but they do um, have a thing in this wiki about this movie that says that he was marking his territory because now he has become full wolf. If that makes any sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Yeah, you know, I mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Um. So even if it's supposed to be funny and he was being proud, 
I guess the writer, assuming Wikipedia is correct and, and, and got their information through what the writer was implying, it was supposed to mean that he was becoming a dog too, you know, like a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, I kind of liked the scene at the end where he was uh, defending the family and the werewolf fucked him up a bit. I didn't think he was quite fucked up enough. Um, he should have been way more injured. Like, like, like Mike was saying, like a lot of the shots, the dog weren't really, I mean, it just looked like a dog. And, and that was, that was one in particular, him, yeah. like after they go out the window, uh, then they have a shot of the werewolf, with the dog lying on the, on the lawn and dogs just like sitting there panting. <laughs> Up on him. It's like, well, he doesn't look like he's hurt. That I mean, I mean, we see the dog get literally thrown, hit the ceiling, the uh, light bulb up the and all that. Yeah, and, and clawed many, many window. times. Yeah, no bones broken. Yeah, yeah. T- t- I mean, while they were still in the bedroom, it looks rough. I it thought he was like dead there, torn yeah. to pieces. But then once they landed on the lung, all of a sudden the dog's just like hanging out. Yeah, and then it got up and chased after the werewolf. I'm like, what? It can still walk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was nuts. I, I thought that there was no way the dog should have been able to survive any of that. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that was crazy. But I did enjoy the delicious ending when the uh, when Thor got to take him out. Yeah, and yeah, and- that was my that was one of my favorite pieces of the movie. <laughs> Where Ted finally respects the dog that is beating him well he's resigned to his fate well to be honest though and to be fair to the ted character he's a very tragic character similar to a dracula and when dracula dies spoiler alert for a book that's over 140 (laughs) years old um dracula Dracula dies dies. oh my god i didn't know that so in the book when dracula dies his expression is happiness and relief because even though he's been a vampire for like five, 600 years or whatever and evil and all this other stuff, he was once human too. And he was bit and became a vampire, not of his free will. And as we know, a vampire is possessed by like some sort of demon or evil entity. And so when he gets staked at the end, he is relieved because now he can be at peace because he was, as a human, he was truly not true evil. Mm-hmm. He was only evil because he was a vampire. So with Ted, in this scene here, we know he didn't want to become a werewolf. He never did. I mean, the whole journal explains it. Um, he, he's he's generally supp- seemed like a, a good human being when, I mean, he... Yeah. Per- try to well i mean he's a dink like every person everybody sucks but <laughs> but you know he didn't want to kill people he didn't want to um cause harm he went to the forest and tied himself up looked for you know so he wouldn't be loose to kill people he 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 was searching for a cure you know all these other things so, so how know, successful oh. was he at binding himself up because he sure killed some people while that was happening well <laughs> You, you he know, had the handcuffs the whole time. Well, well, well. There's a, there's a scene that that where where the dog Thor isn't letting him out of the trailer, and he has to finally call his sister to get him out of the trailer, and he's freaking out because he sees that 
he's got, it's turning night, and if the dog just won't, would would leave, he could get to the forest, and he could tie himself up. So I would think a lot of the times at the beginning, when he was first a va- uh, werewolf, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what was going on. He was confused. And then suddenly it occurred to him, he was, oh, my God, it's me. I'm the one that's doing it. And then that was when he started doing it. So the the first few murders may not have been, he may not have been aware. It was after that he tried to get into the forest. So I, I think he honestly was trying to, to, to not kill people. So my point is, is that by the end, and again, he's in the, in the middle of the forest and he's at the tree where he would have tied himself up if he could have, mm-hmm. or if he or he wanted to, assuming he hadn't already turned evil at that point. And when the dog came, I don't think it was because he was saying, all right, I've been defeated. You beat me. I think it was more him saying. Just just I, I don't want this life anymore. I don't I don't want I think anymore. it was both. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I think. Th- yeah, that's fair, because obviously if the dog hadn't got into him. Because the dog was on his shit since he showed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he would he would still try to to you know live. There's no doubt he would still try to live if the dog hadn't shown up. But since the dog showed up, well, the, the, the dog was I fucking him the moment he walked into that area. He did like he just <laughs> saw him. He's like, "No, you're a fucking werewolf. Get the fuck away from my family. <laughs> right. I'm gonna come piss on your 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 refrigerator." <laughs> well, and, and and that that's that's the thing. It's a tragic figure. That, that's oh, the werewolf. Yeah, but is I didn't always like him, so I wasn't sad. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I like. I, did, I was. I I I felt pity for him the the first hour of the film. You know what? I have a hard time liking any character in a movie when the dog doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's but, fair. But, but but I I don't think it's fair at all for this character because this character was a werewolf. <laughs> And all dogs hate supernatural beings, especially werewolves. So, because they kill everybody around them, right? But that doesn't mean that they're not a tragic figure. You know, I, I mean, know. I mean, you seem to be leaning into it. Yes, after after one hour mark, but prior to that, he was not. It, it was like a vamp. It's like he, a zombie. It's of, like he's kind of an asshole to, at times. Then too, you, you become your instinct. I don't know. I th- I don't think I didn't see any asshole in the Well, movie. you're welcome to your opinion, Phil, but everybody like, here disagrees with you. I don't know. I don't think Barrett disagrees. <laughs> I think Bar- I think Barrett I think Barrett knows what I'm talking about. I think Barrett's on my side. I, I, think I do not want to get I don't want to get pulled no. into this argument. <laughs> I, I I think he fluctuated a lot between nice guy and asshole it, it, all through the film. He got more asshole as it went on, but I still think he was shifting a lot. I don't think he was always But that was behavioral health issues. It was behavioral yeah. health. It was like Spider-Man and, Vincent and Jeffrey Dahmer had no, behavioral no, health no, issues no, too. No, not like that. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about like Spider-Man villains. <laughs> all the Spider-Man villains. This is the most last... ridiculous argument ever. No, no. The Spider-Man villains were villains because they had behavioral health issues. They were behavioral health people. This guy was the same way. They aren't true evil. They aren't. It's a sickness. <laughs> Maybe not evil, but he was dick. I didn't see the dickness. I, I, <laughs> I, 
Well, if you'd hung around when you transformed back out after being a werewolf, you probably would have seen the dickness. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but here's the other thing is that he never he never told his sister what was going on. Right. Like, wow. that's First what wrong. makes him a dick is that he's like, hey, can I come hang out at your place? And she's like, yeah, sure. And he's just hanging out, being a werewolf and not saying anything to her. Like, hey, you know, I might turn into a giant wolf and fucking eat you. And at the end, he blames it on her. Well, you're wrong. Well, he said, there's a scene in the film where he says you should keep your son in and your dog in and you should stay in during the evenings because... As we know, there's been murders by a creature of giant bear or wolf or something 50 miles away from here, and there could be one around here, too. And she That just is left. a far cry from saying, I am a werewolf and I might harm you. Dude, well, look, if, if, wait a minute, wait, wait. In his defense, you're going to throw in a nut house. How, how do you bring that up? I mean, it's one thing, like, hey, go, hey, guys, you I'm know, a werewolf. Look, sis, I got to tell you, um, uh, I went to the doctor and I've got, I've got prostate cancer. Okay. That you can bring up, right? That's how you do that. Yeah. Uh, sis, I don't know how to tell you, but, um, I went off to the, the jungle, not a specific jungle, just jungle. Nepal, it's supposed to be Nepal, I guess. That's what it is. And, uh, uh, I'm a, and I'm aware I got, a, I'm a werewolf. Uh, right. And Mariel exactly. or whatever her name is. Right. She got killed by a werewolf. I got bit. I'm a werewolf now. Like that guy from the American Werewolf in London, or I'm a werewolf. I turn into a supernatural creature at night and and kill people, and that's what I do. And and I'm not sure how you start that conversation. I really don't. Well, I you should have at least that. tried. <laughs> I'm, well, just, I'm just well, saying it's kind of like it's you know it's it's kind of like kinda on the like first state and having to bring up your herpes. I just don't see. I just well, it's just kind of hard to do. Well, herpes is real, but. If, if, it's like your next door neighbor saying that they were abducted by the Greys and they and they probed. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. No, no. This is why he's a dick. Let me explain. He okay. is a dick because he's living in his trailer 50 miles away, and he he kills somebody and the cops show up and start sniffing around. So he wants to take off. So in taking instead of going out in the middle of the nowhere, uh, you know where he might hunt a deer uh, or something like that. He calls the people that he supposedly cares about the most and goes and comes in close proximity to them when he knows he's changing into a deadly creature. That's why he's a dick. And then at the very end, he tells her, you should have listened to the dog. (laughs) Well, well, all that is fair. One hundred percent. However. He's not right in the mind. I would agree with that. I would agree with that, too. He is definitely not right in the mind at this point. Somebody can be a dick and not right in the mind. That's true, too. Well, I'm thinking, again, (laughs) we only see him for five minutes when he's not a werewolf. So the rest of the film that we see him as a werewolf, he has behavioral health issues. Because the moment you become a werewolf, you're fucked in the head. (laughs) Okay. So it, it, we don't know that we know he's fucked in the head. We don't know that becoming a werewolf makes you. Fucked well, in the head. let me re- rephrase. If that was me, I, I would be screwed. I, I would, I would have a nervous breakdown. I wouldn't know what to do. I would, I would be behavioral health. And, and some people and, would be strong. 
and some people wouldn't, and that's just well, you know, those, those are those are personality. You're, you're right, you're right. But this guy seemed more like well, well nowadays people would just go on TikTok. <laughs> you're saying it wouldn't start the conversation because then you get locked up in the loony bin. But if you're if you're at that place where you believe you're turning into a wolf and killing people, isn't that kind of where you need to be anyway? Probably. I, I'm not, again, I'm not disagreeing with you, but <laughs> the moment you have this issue and it's it's eating the way of your mind, you're not going to act reasonable. Oh, people let's, have let's... people go. People break and snap, and I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about becoming murderers or anything like that. I'm just saying they just snap and, and they have nervous breakdowns and, and people suicide. All these terrible things that happen to people because of anything. They, the nice thing about you don't have to be about, a werewolf to snap. Yeah, the it's nice thing about being a werewolf and and getting put in a loony bin is that, especially in this universe, it only takes it takes less than twenty four hours for them for you to convince them that you're not a Looney Tune. Well, and that, and that, well, this is the thing is that like, well, that's fair, Mike. But if, if this <laughs> was like if this was like a year and a half ago, I would have said agreed with everybody here. But after having my own depressions over over the past seven months, uh, I've I've discovered that anything can make a person not be well. So if you're a werewolf, but, compared to just regular things that make people not mentally healthy, I I, I mean, regardless, he is he is it doesn't matter. He is a dangerous creature. Whether he, whether you know he was evil. Or he's just gone. a mental health issue. He's not curable. Right, but he's gone. Right. He's like he's like a he's dog with rabies. Gone. It has to be put down. Well, and he's, but, he's not gone, though. He's researching it. He's got a werewolf book. He's trying to figure out how to stop it. He knows he's a werewolf. He's aware he of what's going on, and he still chooses to put himself in proximity to the people he supposedly cares about. If this, was, if this was me an hour, uh, a year and a half ago, I'm right there with you, Eric. But I've come to the conclusion that when you snap or you break or you go into depression, you you, you just don't act normal anymore. Yeah, so no. how many bodies in his backyard there? <laughs> he's well, been blaming it on the bears. He, he's got anti-bear bias. Well, again, though, he has he has two things going on. He has a a, a blood disease, because that's what the doctor said. They don't know what it is, but he knows, which is it's werewolf. And then he has his his brain that's sick as well. Because well, and he also has the, new of, senses, right? So he doesn't even know how to deal with those things. Like he but, can probably smell better. So all so, those things kind of coincide to make it even worse, right? So under under the law, the federal law. He would be considered guilty of all crimes because he is he knows oh, the God. difference between right and wrong. How maybe he doesn't when he's in wolf form. Oh, okay. I okay, I gotta okay, I've got a I don't know, I have a message to so like ask a lawyer or something. Like what would be the what would be the, the, the standing of a werewolf? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, can he be charged? With the crimes, you know, you know it would be first. I want to see that movie. <laughs> Could Somebody he be hunted because movie. he's an animal and there's it's wolf season? 
Yeah, this is really, well, you know... Make it. I want to watch it. I mean, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I've, had, I've had a werewolf story stirring in the back of my brain I've never really figured out how to do, but we, we've... <laughs> well, we're all, pushing all, these, it. all these things are fair. But <laughs> having... My opinion I mean, is bad I mean, dude, dude, and you can't dude, change dude, my mind, so dude, let's move dude, on. Dude, dude, we've had people... I know people that have had cancer, or even AIDS... What do I have to do with or, werewolves? Or, or Alzheimer's. That their Again, mental, not werewolf. Their mental health goes to the shitter because of what here, he has here, nothing to do with the real world. Yeah, so. here's, I here's, think this here's is a, a pointless argument. Yeah, it is a pointless argument, and Phil is basing his argument entirely on the supposition that the only reason he's acting like this is because of the disease. I right. think it's fair to say we do not know enough about his behavior prior to the film right. to have any clue. That. I think it's fair to say all, all we know is that he likes to have sex. In the yeah. film is that he's a dick. Whatever the reason, whatever the cause, he's acting like a dick through most of this film. Fair enough. Let's move on. All right, let's move on. But but Mike summed it up pretty pretty well. Right. We we, we mm-hmm. right. Uh, right. I'm I'm basing it on the disease. And Mike made a good point, which is unfortunately for this film. We only see him without the disease for the first, for like maybe three minutes of the film, and that's it. And he's boinking. Yeah. God bless him too. So you really don't get to know enough about him, right? We don't really know anything about him exactly. Yep. Um, all right. So what's the next uh, thing we want to discuss? I don't know. There's a whole lot left. Um, I think we've beaten everything into the ground. We mentioned pissing on the doghouse. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Uh, final dog fight. I did think it was funny. I, I laughed at this. So the the boy goes to rescue the dog, rescues the dog, and then can't get back out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the dog immediately just like his 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 doggy sense is tingling, and he runs back home to to save Merrill Hemingway. Like he's he 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 just knows that she's in imminent danger because a cop came along and put him in a cage and now she knows her life is is being threatened and she's going to die. He's fucking Thor, man. Exactly. Now here's the thing. Why did the why did he become a werewolf? Because he got scratched. What? Because he got scratched. Right. He got scratched by the werewolf. That was a dream. No, he got scratched by the werewolf. No, no, he got scratched, but he didn't become a werewolf. That was a dream. No, not the dog. Oh, you're talking about the dog. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. the dog didn't become a werewolf. That no. was a dream. But the what? why didn't the dog become a werewolf? Because it's a dog. It's already a, a dog. It's not a human. I was, I was kind of expecting, I was kind of, because I, there was a book I read years ago, uh, Howling Mad by Peter David, which was quite funny, about a wolf that's bitten by a werewolf. And so he turns into a man on during the light of the full moon. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so I was kind of half because just Thor. So I was like half expecting the the dog to like turn into Chris Hemsworth or something. <laughs> and you know, like a werewolf doesn't turn into a normal wolf. He turns into like a super wolf. So you know, he would like turn into like you know, like a Superman. You kind of <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> but unfortunately, one probably who has has had his testicles removed. 
<laughs> oh, the poor dog. Yeah, the balls are gone. Bastard. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of, I don't know. Part of me wanted to see something happen with that. Some, some sort of weird Well, you thing. got the dream sequence. Dude, yeah. dude, the be- the, speaking of that, the best line, one of the best lines ever was episode two of Rick and Morty, when the dogs take over the world. <laughs> and and um, the Alapso Apso, or whatever the hell it is, uh, is now half robot and walks into Summer's room and goes, Summer, where are my testicles? What have you done with my testicles? <laughs> and I was like, and then he goes, would you like me to take your father's testicles? It's like, oh, it was the best ever. <laughs> Sorry, I just, whatever. Anyway, where, where are the poor dog, the balls, dude, the bollocks. Ah, that's terrible. It is what it is. So anyway, the dog runs in, jumps on him, jumps him out the window. There's a that's actually a fairly vicious fight. I give him credit for that. And no, I will say, the the blood on the dog aside, the makeup they do for most of the film is actually pretty good. Like the yeah, blood so makeup. Was, yeah. So that was good. The the, the practical okay. effects because yeah, yeah, the CGI, yeah. like, like the, the CGI the as we all know, was god awful. God god awful. Dude, the yeah. floppy. The floppy when his intestines get pulled out, that was awesome. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, Eric summed it up perfectly. The the animatronic werewolf was pretty solid, really good. But but now, what's going to happen? The dog murdered somebody. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The dog's, still going, the dog's still going to the to the grave. There's no doubt. Yeah. The still, no, they, still they think it's dead. Down. He just he got out of the pound, man. He escaped. They don't know where he and is. And he's going to go right back in because he killed somebody. They don't know where he right. is. Well, well, then he has to. He can't live with them anymore. <laughs> you don't think they're not going to go back and look and say, "Because any chance your dog showed up again?" No, they're and, not going to do that. Why would they do that? Oh, they would do. No, they would never. Because because the movie's <laughs> over. That's why they didn't do that? And everyone ceases to exist. At that point. <laughs> <laughs> Those people didn't ended. exist in the yeah, first place. I'm not going to think about that part. Thor's a but good dog. Right. But Mike is make is making a fair point, which is, no, he's right. But I refuse to acknowledge it. He's ruining. What are they going to say? Mike no, it's okay because he was a werewolf. Mike is ruining our night. Thor is already ruins Thor everyone. Is night. We should rename the movie. Thor is destroyed. Mike can ruin everything. And Mike, you got a bad rap. No, he doesn't. It's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get my pleasure. <laughs> Your <funny>. poor wife. <laughs> Some people are into that. Yeah, that is true. Some are. Badge made in heaven. <laughs> now I know why Mike's wife's retiring so she can then move away and never see him again. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> dude, 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 dude. We'll see if we can get... You know, I'll get uh, Eric to watch another Nick Cage movie. That'll that'll really. Oh, hey, the movie where Nick Cage plays Nick Cage—that looks awesome. That for does. All you, Fuck all y'all. For all you listeners who are curious how old we are, because we're acting very immature. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's wife is retiring. That should yes. tell you how old we are. Oh, tough. Well, it'll tell you how old she is. <laughs> she robbed the cradle. That's right, Mike. You're ten years. Yeah, old. Mike likes older women. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, so yeah, yeah you different. This this Nick Cage film is it a brand new film? Did you guys? I saw you guys talking about, but yeah, I it's a brand no, new movie. No, we're not going to talk about that. Oh, we're gonna. We should we do an episode on it? Oh, absolutely. We should no. do an episode on that. 
I'm out. Absolutely. <laughs> Nick Cage making fun of Nick Cage. Nick Cage can go playing himself. <laughs> Bad movie acting face. Bad movie acting face. No, as Eric always says, a punchable face. <laughs> a punchable face, yes. Uh, I don't know. I still I and I know what you're gonna say, but you should at least watch the trailer. You should no, uh, fuck trailers. I, I, I know you're this. gonna say that. I don't have to watch this trailer to see see how good or bad it is. Oh, it looks uh, great. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, back to this film here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we need to wrap it up because this is where the conversation is gone. Yeah, if we keep on talking Nick Cage, Eric's going to just hang up on us anyway, so we better think of any other things we want to talk about. I thought or, Eric or, liked or Nick Cage. Why did you think that? He did, he did back <laughs> you during... You must have called sarcasm. <laughs> he, he, he did back during the the Leaving Las Vegas but I think everybody liked him back then. And then so that's before he started taking shitty movies. Yeah. Well, the, the best line ever from our Halloween boutique, Psychotronic reviews, me and Barrett reviewed pig. And the thing I said within the first two minutes, we were gonna, we were trying to do this as a dark discussions podcast, but I didn't want to torture <laughs> Eric because I know he hates Nicholas Cage. And we already did one film with Nicholas. And then Cage. you go and watch it and made a liar out of him. That's <laughs> well, that was that. That was before Nick Cage, like ruined his life and owed a bunch of money and had to take any job he could to, to pay the money off, which is the entire plot of this new film. It is. Yeah, that's great. Is that is yeah. making fun of how he'll he can't spend can't handle his money and has to take shitty jobs that means himself. Whoops. Um, all right. So uh, anything else anybody want to talk about? Uh, Bad Moon. Anything? Anyone? Anyone? Anything? I think I'm good. I'm good. All right. Sounds good. So. Um, all right, we're about an hour and 30 minutes into uh, recording. So uh, before we uh, wrap up and discuss some house cleaning stuff and what we thought about this film, I guess we can go around and discuss what we've been watching and so on and so forth. Uh, let's start with you, Mike. Uh, oh, Pam and I, I finished watching you. Uh, Pam and I started watching the new season of... Um, Servant on Apple, because that's the next thing she wanted to watch. If you've seen the first two seasons, we're, we're only that's like... The, that's Shalaman, right? That's a, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know what his how deeply involved he is in produced, it. You know, produced, yeah. Um, it, well, in terms of like how hands-on he is as a producer. Um, it's okay. I mean, if you like the first two seasons, you'll probably like what I'm seeing so far. But it is very much a slow burn film, uh, film story. I don't know how much of a payoff there's going to be. It has been renewed for a fourth and final season. And I think we're stretching it with a second season, but Pam wants to keep watching it, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, but the the other thing is I did watch Moonfall today, which is a Roland Emmerich disaster film, and it is a disaster of a disaster film. <laughs> um, <laughs> when when you have, like, it's amazing how many big spectacular effects are on screen at one time, and yet I was struggling to stay awake while watching the movie. Um that's and the bad. dialogue is bad. It's kind of like someone said, "Hey, remember that movie Amazon Women in the Moon? Why don't we like that? Like, why don't we like just do that, but like seriously? You know, let's just take some of that dialogue, and we can have awesome lines in there, like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> he can't even think of one." No, I just said the A word. I don't know. Did you hear her in the background? No. No. Oh, no. Okay. So, no, that my, 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 
my digital helping assistant from that store online <laughs> heard me <laughs> say the A word and thought I was I went off. something. I don't I even know what off. the A, I don't even know what the A word means. I, I don't even That's know that store means. online, Phil. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, so there was a line like the moon will help us. Or what? you're part of the moon now. I mean, <laughs> this moon, so I am in you. Man. Watch it. <laughs> and there is a, and there is, of course, a single Chinese character in there because there has to be, because the Chinese government forces there to be. And like at the, of course, she's, she has to play a hero role at the end of the film, including like she's such a minor character, but they have to give her like the hero shot in the film. I'm like, just so they can make sure they can get into the theaters in China to suck up to the Chinese government. Um, it, it's just so ridiculous. Uh, the whole film is like just, you know, riddled with bad cliches, handled badly, badly written. There's some good actors demeaning themselves in it. Um, I'll watch that with Dan. He loves that shit. Yeah. So I look, I, I, and I will say it. I said this out loud to nobody when I was walking. It's like this, I walking into the theater because I knew what I was going in for. And it was what I was in the mood for. And I walked into the theater saying, this better be bad. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't yeah. have to pay to see it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or pay extra. you know, just using up one of my free tickets. You paid two um, hours of your life. I, I had nothing else to do today. I had to take my mom into her, I had to take my mom into to uh, the hospital for a quick medical procedure that she wasn't allowed to drive herself. Then we had breakfast together and, and everything's fine. You know, she's good. Um, it was nothing serious, but just was an inconvenience. I had the rest of the day off from school, so I said, screw it, let me go see a stupid film. And I did. I did see a very, oh, very stupid film. The moon, there's the moon in the middle of the movie, the moon gained mass. For no particular reason, it wasn't. They, it's not that they got the mass of the moon wrong scientifically. It's like they literally state that the moon has gained mass. Well, that checks out. Because, of course, it would. Why not? It just magically became more massive for no good reason. Um, yeah, I mean, the, only, the best. The best thing is that you had uh, you had Sam from Game of Thrones on there. You know, so he got released in the, So I, I'm happy he got. Oh. I seen this. I saw the trailer for this now. Yeah, yeah, because it was in front of other films, the Spider-Man film. I hey, he's from. he's actually in that movie, that new movie with Jennifer Lopez. I had to watch the other day with my wife. <laughs> okay, well, good. I'm glad he's getting work. Yeah, I was happy to see him in it. That was the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> and he's an Uh No, that was that was more than enough. All right, sounds good. Uh, Barrett, what do you got? I really don't have a whole lot. Um, nothing genre related. I did see that Antlers is on HBO Max, so I'm going to give that a watch. Yes, definitely watchable. All right, sounds good. And uh, any uh, Resident Evil Village? Any chance? No, no. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Antlers is directed by I think same director that did Hostiles. I forget. It was it was a pretty good director. Yeah, yeah. He did that, and he did uh, um, that Jeff Bridges film. Where, that, where he plays a, a musician, a country musician. What the heck is that one called? I forget. Won all the Academy Awards. Anyway. Well, if you were uh, thinking about seeing the movie, Phil, because I know I'm pretty sure you didn't see it either, like me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's on HBO Max. So. Yeah, if it's free, I'll take a look for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, uh, Eric. What do you got? 
Uh, well, I took my first trip to the theater for 2022 uh, uh, and went and saw the latest entry in the Scream series. And it was fine. Um, I mean, <laughs> it was good for what it was, but they really didn't need to put out another one of these out. <laughs> um, I mean, then, did you see four? Uh, yeah. Wasn't it more oh, or less just, just four all over again? I mean, they all blend together after a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also received my uh, Blu-ray copy of The Kindred. Yeah. From Synapse. Uh, Forgot about that a one. Wonderful steel book for this. Um, and they actually restored it pretty well too, because it for for a low budget horror movie from '87, it looks pretty solid. Um, I was a little tentative going into it because I was wondering if it was just nostalgia. Uh, for me thinking this movie was good because I really didn't remember a whole lot about it. And, you know, it is it is what it is. It's a cheesy monster movie from the 80s. Uh, and if you like that kind of thing, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, a lot of people probably don't want to spend $50 on the steel book, but I was willing to do that. <laughs> so. I have to say it's the nicest for 50 bucks. It's the nicest quality um, presentation I've gotten from anything, I think. And it's it's a nice package. They have uh, the soundtrack on a CD, um, and they have it on DVD and Blu-ray, and there's a bunch of special features. So it's not like they're not giving you anything for your 50 bucks, but it's 50 bucks still, and a lot of people won't pull the trigger on something that expensive, which I totally get. Uh, but if you're a collector, it's, it's, it's worth it. There's a limited 3,500-piece run of this deal book, so if you want one, go get it. Uh, and that's really what I've been watching. All right, sounds good. Uh, and Barry, you said you watched it too? You thought it was pretty decent? Yeah, yeah. It was better than I expected from my memory. I mean, I barely remembered it, um, and it was way better than I expected. All right, sounds good. Um, for me, I got nothing. Nothing at all. Um, so, yeah. All right, so um, I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascancity Podcast that's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever we got this one. And Barrett, you, me, Sean Fox, and Kevin Lutz uh, do a TV series podcast. By the time people listen to this, it may be already over, but uh, what is that podcast? Uh, Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires, a podcast about the show, A Discovery of Witches, the third season and final season. And Barrett, uh, me, you, and Sean Fox, and Mike, if you want to join us too, or even Eric, um, are doing a podcast on a new TV series at the end of March. What's that all about? Uh, Halo is going to be coming out on Paramount Plus, and we are going to do a podcast on it. What? That's right. Halo TV series based on the game. That's yep. right. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a horrible idea. It's coming out we, on Paramount. We shall Plus. see. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> so, so Mike, if you're interested in uh, joining myself and uh, you too, Eric, if you're interested, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, there, there's, there's series out there that I think I might be more interested in. I have no idea what to make of the Halo thing. I'm kind of, what is this? This is on Paramount Plus. You said Paramount yeah. Plus. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, as, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little hesitant, you know, because uh, other because as a as a Netflix not Netflix only but online only 
thing to commit to it. I, I will keep an open mind, uh, but I'd really like to hear some reviews first because uh, I don't want to hear Phil bitching complaining about how he's been roped into watching the worst thing ever. Oh my god! Again, <laughs> again, again, for the fourth yeah, time. Oh my god! Yeah, but well, that's fair uh, for folks who are curious. Today is uh, February seventeenth, to twenty twenty-two. That we're recording this. Some of our listeners, like Pam who's retiring, um, is always curious uh, when we record episodes because sometimes they don't come out right away. And that means that Mike has a whole month and two weeks to decide if he does want to join us. And so maybe there will be reviews. And if it sounds good and he would not worry that Phil would flip out and say, oh, this is the worst thing ever, um, he may join us as well on the podcast. Actually, okay. I mean, the thing I would be most interested in doing is, is Moon Knight, but... Uh... Oh yeah, is, that looks good. And there and there is, I don't even know. There what are that is. rumors of there being a supernatural villain involved in that that every horror fan knows, but I don't want to say in case it's not true. What's Moon Knight? It's a Marvel. Uh, it's, based, it's based on a Marvel character um, who has oh, it's, it's, personality it's, it's, disorder. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 the the Marvel's Batman, basically, right? Kind of, yeah, but ex- except unlike right. he's. Unlike Batman, where you can question whether he's right in the head, he's, this one is clearly not. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. But, yeah, we, we can uh, move on after that. That's, that sounds good. When's that coming up, Mike? Just a date. Just a date. I think in March. Okay, very well. Um, and then, um, Mike, me, you, Eric, uh, do a uh, podcast that was kind of mentioned already tonight because Marywell Hemingway's uh, daughter, Dree, Having Ray starred in one of the films that we recorded. What is that podcast? Uh, that is the Cinema a la Carte podcast, and it's uh, as the name implies, it is a la carte. We each pick and choose something to review, and we take turns. The next up is a Phil film, one of his favorite films from the last was it three years that it came yeah, out? Something like that. Yeah, about that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's four. it. Yeah. yeah so, so five, six years old. Or something. Uh, so it's going to be something new. We've done old films. Uh-huh. Uh, Going back uh, to the 50s, I think, was their oldest, right? It was Forbidden Planet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've done recent films like Hostiles, which you mentioned earlier, uh, and things in between like uh, Inside Out and uh, Collateral. Uh, so, yeah, so join, tune in. It's whatever movies we feel like watching that are not necessarily Dark Discussions films. Right. And uh, we should probably be recording the late next one, probably mid-March. So, uh, uh Keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, uh, we do uh, another podcast that myself and Barrett with a rotating group of co-hosts uh, called Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, which is basically a catch-all podcast for uh, what anything else that we do that just may or may not fit anywhere. Uh, so basically interviews, reviews of screeners. Uh, we've done big budget films. We've done uh, book reviews, which me and Barrett uh, will have to talk offline maybe tomorrow uh, through instant message at work because um, we have a new book that we, we get to start reading and, and whatnot. So uh, catch all podcast uh, as well. Uh, all right. So I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film here, Bad Moon. And uh, let's start with you, Barrett. Um, I, my mind has not changed while after we talked about it uh, and Mariel Hemingway has not moved up at all for me, so this film is still a eh for me. All right, sounds good. You got to see Star Eighty. Star Eighty. That's the film you got to see with, that she's in. Um, but I, anyway, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that a, is that's a better a, one. Yeah. 
uh, for a number of reasons. Um, so uh, for me, uh, this film here, yeah, it was I, I had a, a lot of fun with it. Uh, I, I see the flaws. I see the B-moviness of it. I see the issues with it. But a nice, quick one-hour, 19-minute werewolf film, it was good. I enjoyed it. Fun. Uh, Eric? Um, I also enjoyed this movie, but I, I it's uh, mediocre, uh, in my opinion. I've seen better movies. Um, I've also seen more worse movies. That's why it's in the middle. Um, so you could do worse. Um, if you like dogs, maybe check out this movie because the dog actually doesn't die and is the central character of the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm probably not going to revisit it, but I am going to read the book. All right, very good. Yeah, I'll be curious uh, um, your review of the book. Um, uh, the f- first thing Eric texted me when he put on the movie, he goes, "There's a dog at this movie, and I'm scared for the dog." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good news is he doesn't die until the movie's over. Right? Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> <over. laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's and, and, and I said, I, "I was good." I said, "Eric, I won't say anything." <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna if tell it, you, if they it don't makes you feel any better, this is from 1996. The dog would be dead now anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor Primo, I think the dog's name is, is you are correct. No longer with us. Mm-hmm. Just for just like Bart the Bear is no longer with us. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Eric. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> fucking be like it. And I just picture Bart the Bear jumping up and down on top of John Candy. <laughs> oh, for um, for, let's see uh, for myself uh, I already see it so we'll go to you Mike <laughs> yeah uh, honestly the watching the film this feels like a mid 90s direct to video film uh, not something that would have been released in theaters uh, if that's your bag hey then then you might enjoy this it is not a miserable time and that I think is part of the problem is that it's not bad enough to like to to make me laugh at how bad it is um it's just kind of meh it's there uh performances aren't great the writing isn't great the directing isn't great the makeup is good at times the it's actually the makeup it's the the gore makeup is really good the creature work is depends on the angle and the lighting and then um and, the and which CGI, which version? and then the cgi the cgi Oh my God, the CGI! If you're a horror fan, that is certainly, without question, the most horrific part of the movie. Yeah. So uh, I would, I would have to say, skip the director's cut because you want it. Because if you want to see horrible, there's horrible for you. Uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> this is a curiosity. If you're into werewolf films or Meryl Hemingway, uh, then maybe or uh, and then maybe maybe watch it. But otherwise, eh, it's skippable. All right, sounds good. Uh, makes sense, Meryl Hemingway. Uh, yeah, if you're, you're a fan of her, because uh, she was pretty big back in the '80s and '90s, uh, maybe worth checking out. Uh, the film is directed by and written by Eric Red, uh, who has had two classic horror films under his belt and, that he wrote. And yes. uh, please seek help if you have mental health problems. Yes, always, always uh, see help if you do have mental health problems. Absolutely, uh, you can go to suicide.org, suicide.org, which is a website that is better than any phone number because it lists not only the United States but every country in the entire world their um, numbers and uh, help desks. So uh, always 
go to that website. Um, so uh, the film was, uh, again, directed by Eric Red, uh, written by Eric Red, who is probably best known as the writer of The Hitcher and Near Dark, two of the best horror films of uh, possibly all time, or but most certainly in the past 30 years. Um, uh, the film stars Mario Hemingway and Michael Pare. I'm assuming I'm getting his name correct, who Mike noted mentioned uh, does conventions. Um, the film is regularly available pretty much anywhere, uh, including free at some spots. I, I watched it free on Tubi. Um, and also, uh, <laughs> it does have... Also, it does have a uh, Blu-ray release, as Eric mentioned, with a director's cut version as well as the theatrical version, plus plenty of other um, extras on it. So it's probably the ultimate edition. You can get that uh, anywhere uh, Blu-rays are purchasable. Uh, And I do have a copy of that Blu-ray. So uh, that's our episode tonight. Once again, thank you to the Patreon folks who donate because this episode would not be um, available or exist if it wasn't for you. So appreciate it and thank you. Uh, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or press to contact us on darkdiscussions.com and that will send an email to us as well and we will read your emails on the podcast. And with all that stated, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right, thanks for tuning in. Let's just talk about Bad Moon tonight. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. Oh man, Trey, look up at the sky. It's a full moon on the Sabbath. This is scary. Break it down. I was working late on my hot Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up and to my surprise, surprise. there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He said, Tomorrow, my son, you will be. Man, tonight's the time to join the Wolfen Clan. Clan. Tomorrow you will stand at the beamer and pray. Tonight let's gaze at the moon and bay. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was that was great, Trey. Okay, it's over. That's a wrap. Oh, the next. Stay what happened. The tumor didn't teach. Oh, I man. got up in front of everyone to get my little speech. Then my teeth turned into fangs and my nails into claws. And I nearly dropped the Torah when my hands turned into paws. I growled and I roared and my rabbi did as well. It was a fucking werewolf zoo at Temple Beth Emanuel. Hey man, where'd you learn all these Jewish words? My manager Harvey Lemmings. Werewolf puppets for spooky scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't. I, I just don't think this. The idea of the song can sustain itself for that long. It doesn't. It seems a little sweaty now. So this whole premise is sweaty. We had a reception at the Lachman Country Club. They served a real nice brisket and an eight-foot party sub. I danced with my cousins. I got money from my folks. We had a lot of fun making circumcision jokes. Then I remembered the premise of my song. I was at a nice reception, but the werewolf part was gone. So we pulled ourselves together and we're wolfmen again. Just 
in time for monster fight to begin. No. The country club employees were brain-sucking packs who had all turned into zombies and were on the attack. No, so we fought them and some Draculas and Frankensteins too. Cause you gotta love our miss for even if you're not a art. There's no such thing there as Frankensteins. Frankenstein's There's no plural of Frankenstein. Men. men becoming wolves. Werewolf our miss for cool. Hairy boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't want this. I don't like this. This is scary. Turning into werewolves and stuff. You know? I got excited when I saw a poodle on the streets the other day. You know? 